Welcome to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntris here. Uh, this week is Word Balloon's 11th anniversary, and I'm talking to you on May 11th. Uh, it was actually the 10th, but very excited about uh, presenting a fun conversation today with Susan Eisenberg, Wonder Woman, from the Justice League cartoons, from some of the DC animated full-length features, and uh, just a wonderful voice actor and actress in her own right. We uh, talk about uh, many of her roles, but really, uh, what does she see as far as the essence of Wonder Woman? How did she get the job? What is it like working with her uh, co-stars and the amazing uh, DC Animation crew that have been entertaining us since uh, Batman the Animated Series? Some uh, go- Going over some great uh, Wonder Woman-centric episodes of Justice League and some of the movies. But uh, really, just a pleasure to uh, meet and get to know Susan Eisenberg better uh, as uh, we talk on this episode of Word Balloon. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. It's brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com, where, as always, great deals are happening now at InStock Trades. Let's go over some of those. As I'm recording this, it's New Comic Day at InStockTrades.com, and uh, there are some uh, great deals happening, like the Kingdom Come 20th Anniversary Deluxe Edition hardcover. It's 50% off. It's just $19.99. You can get Twilight Children from uh, Gilbert Hernandez and Darwin Cook. Uh, That book is 50% off, just $7.49. You can get Wonder Woman by Mike Deodato. Uh, a great book. William Messers Loeb uh, is the writer and Deodato, the artist, uh, 50% off, just $12.49. You can get Batman 66, Volume 5, Jeff Parker, lots of great artists, including Ty Templeton. And uh, this book is uh, 45% off. It includes the uh, Adam West version of Batman facing Clayface and Solomon Grundy. 45% off, just $13.74. From Brian Wood, The Massive. Uh, we're looking at the Deluxe Library Edition, hardcover, volume one, 42% off, just $23.19. Just a few of the great deals happening now at InStockTrades.com. We'll tell you more about them on the other side of the interview. But uh, don't re- forget, if you uh, order uh, $50 or more worth of product, you'll receive free shipping. They make it easy. You will find great books at great prices. InStockTrades.com. All right, without further ado, this has uh, been uh, long in uh, the making, and finally it happened. A great conversation with Wonder Woman herself, Susan Eisenberg from the wonderful Justice League cartoons and DC animated projects. Happy to welcome her now on Word Balloon. I'm still laughing because it just delights me that uh, Susan Eisenberg, uh, the wonderful voice actor, is uh, listening to Word Balloon and willing to come on and uh, talk to us for a few minutes. It's, It's a pleasure, Susan. Welcome to Word Balloon. Thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. It's it's um it's it's just a joy to be be on with you. <laughs> and congratulations on uh, such great uh, voice work. And also, I, I am interested, and I, w- I want to get this out there because we're obviously going to talk a lot about Wonder Woman. But am I right? There's I saw your IMDb, and you're listed on a on a new version of Suspense. <laughs> is that? Is it yeah, audio? I've done. I've, well, I've done a bunch of suspense um, episodes. That's like one of my favorite things that I do because I love the old radio dramas, and um, I grew up listening to them. Me too. And um, that has been just such a singular pleasure being able to be a part of that with I, suspense. I had no idea this was happening. So, is this is this live action? Is it audio? What is it? It's audio, and it's it's it's. Just like a throwback to those old um, time radio dramas, you know, sure. with the sound effects that are put in later. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's just 
it's just really, really fun for the actors. We just go and um, there's usually an ensemble that's, you know, reading together. Sure. And um, we just have a blast. That's great. So you do like kind of old fashioned table readings where everyone's together and acting together. We do, and usually we're reading something that is um, from a different era and really a classic that's been adapted um, for for today. So I think I've done about six episodes for them, wow. or maybe even more. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm glad you saw it on the IMDb page. And I, you know, I also put it on my website because it's like one of those little gems that may be lost unless I'm there to say, hey, look at this, guys. <laughs> that's great. So is it a is it a podcast that they can download? Do they have to pay for it? How, no, how... it's free. It's free. And if you go to the website, you can see. I mean, there's a link to them, Terrific. to them all. So, um, that, you know, like, again, that's why I just wanted people to really, I mean, know what I'm doing. But also, like, there's such gems to be heard. And it's not just the ones I've done, obviously. They're, they have a gazillion um, of the shows that have been recorded already. Excellent. So what is your uh, website? Let's get that out there as well. Oh, um, SusanEisenbergVoice.com. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, man, I'm really excited to hear it because, as you say, I'm a huge old-time radio fan as well. And suspense for people who maybe haven't heard it but love old television, it was really like the Alfred Hitchcock of its day. It was. It was. I mean, it was It, it was really a big deal. And um, I love listening to the old shows. I mean, they just they are so riveting to listen to. And so many great actors would do them. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant and even DeForest Kelly from Star Trek early in his career. Is on, All a, of them. Uh, is on a 50 suspense. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, no, it's great. And, like, you know, Lauren Bacall and Humphrey yes. Bogart would do them. And, like, I have some recordings um, of Lauren. You know, I was a huge fan of hers and Humphrey Bogart doing some of the radio stuff and, like, really playing with their relationship and their romance. And, it, like, it is just so entertaining. That's terrific. Like, even their show, Bold Venture, which was kind of like their to have and to have not. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. Absolutely. Oh, I yeah, see. Fantastic. I'm talking to the right people. This is good. Oh, one of my also. I mean, uh, you know, love love all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite uh, voice, uh, you know, uh, actresses? You know what? Lauren Bacall was one of my favorite actresses because I I read her bio- autobiography um, when I was really young, and it just stayed with me. It was like this little Bible that I kept all the time. And when I was older and moved to Los Angeles, um, I was lucky enough to meet her at a book signing. And I brought my book, which was just, you know, I mean, just in tatters. And (laughs) she looked at it and she said, I love seeing a book like this. It, It just is so gratifying to me to know that it has been held and read over and over and over again. And it was just one of the, um, just, the sweetest moments of my of my professional life and personal life because I was just like, oh my god, I love you. That's and, outstanding. And it was you know really um, sweet because I I used to do fancy feast commercials. I <laughs> I did them for years and I took over doing the VO after Lauren Bacall. You know that's but amazing. Go on. She was the voice before, but you know before I did it and. Um, so they kind of kept it in that genre, you know, that very sophisticated, the white cat, ting, ting. Um, and 
they've gotten away from it a little bit, but um, yeah, that was that was a good gig. Did they ask? <laughs> did they ask you to kind of imitate her to kind of keep the illusion? Or um, you know, it was in that vein. It was very, it was very, very sophisticated, um, and you know, Upper East Side, <laughs> which of course Lauren Bacall embodied. Um, and so I just, you know, I I faked my way through. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? Why well, even there was a hint of it? But would you like even just do? You don't have to do the lines because I always. I believe me. I, I being in radio, being in radio myself, I do my share of voices and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, would you do just do that accent for a while? That's fantastic. You, you know, it was it was really it was a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't get you to do it. All right, it's okay. That's okay. Talk- actually, actually, it's so funny because um, you know I, I've done a lot of commercial work, and when I would go on these. You know, when I would go to these cons, you know, I'd be sitting on these panels and and all these wonderful, talented actors would be talking about, you know, how they voice this character and they voice that character. And and I was I was there primarily because of Wonder Woman. And so when it would be, you know, when it was my turn, I would say, you know, well, um, I used to do Fancy Feast. And so um, if you've ever heard the line, is it love or is it Fancy Feast? That's me, you guys. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's excellent. Have you ever incorporated an old Hollywood voice in approaching a new character for animation? You know, when I've done um, some of the suspense shows, I've I've used a lot of that. You know, it's, sure. I, I feel like I'm channeling, especially from being from New England. Um, like I channel a lot of those wonderful actresses. Um, you know, whether it's Kate Hepburn or Betty Davis, who were New Englanders and who brought that when they came out here um, to California. And they, but they, that, that accent, you know, that New England accent, I mean, not Boston, but not a Bostonian accent, but just that, um, you know, with the hard T's, you know, not, not at all, you know, things like that. Sure, I mean, it's, just, sure. it's, it's, it's quite formal. Um, and, I just I love it, so I steal it all the time. That's excellent. I've been watching on uh, some of the digital channels that they have now. There's a channel called Decades. I don't know if you get it in LA. No, no. Well, I mean, I may get it, but I haven't heard of it. Okay. Well, they should have to check it out. They show old Dick Cavett reruns, and my God, he had everybody on. And it, you know, it's just a smarter conversation. I love Johnny Carson, but it, and it's a longer. Like he'll have. This week they showed uh, for, I think it was yesterday because it was his birthday, Fred Astaire. And it was, you know, like 45 minutes of this 90-minute show was him talking well, did you to see Fred the one when? Did you see when Betty Davis was on? Absolutely. And her little, her little like, go-go outfit, like she's yeah. in her 60s outfit, totally looking cool. Absolutely. That was such an amazing interview. I've seen a lot of those original Dick Cavett shows. You know, I, I just love that kind of talk, you know, just two people chatting. It's like I love Tom Snyder when he, yes. you know, followed Letterman. Even, I mean, I know he did the show, he followed Carson, but when he followed Letterman is when I started really, that's more my um, my age range. And sure. So, I mean, I just, I loved it. It was simple. It was um, entertaining. You felt like you were just listening in and eavesdropping yes. on a conversation. So radio, that kind of television, but also that kind of radio, just that's so near and dear to my heart. I'm with you. I'm a big Fresh Air fan, Terry Gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, Terry Gross. Don't even get me. In fact, did you, did you by any chance hear Mark Marin interview Terry? I sure did. Oh, 
God, that was dynamite. Absolutely. No, again, yeah, what an interesting woman. Absolutely. Her career. And it was great to hear her talk about herself and her husband. And no, it's uh, it's great. And Charlie Rose is like that, too. I love Charlie Rose is the, the only thing I mean, not, you know, I, I, I like Charlie. I don't love him because okay. the one thing that always has bothered me about Charlie is I just feel like he insinuates himself too much into the conversation. You know, he's not great at listening. I respect um, that. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, Charlie, just shh, shh, zip it. Um, but <laughs> but you're not going to find people, you're not going to find that kind of conversation on any other shows but a Charlie Rose today, you know, so we're lucky to have him. No, and I'm, um, I'm glad podcasting has really taken over because, you know, commercial broadcasting in general you got to pay the bills, so you do. I mean, in the case of, of Rose, you've got a 55-minute uninterrupted public television conversation. But, you know, God, even, fre- you know, Fresh Air has to pause every 10 or 20 minutes. No, that's so true. And that's, and so that's, true. that's why I love podcasting. It's I, great. You know, we can just relax and have a, have a nice chat. I know, and it's just, it's, they're so popular. I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of have a, have a guide to know, okay, which, where do I start? Which podcast? Because there are so many out there. Absolutely. What do you listen to? I do listen to um, Mark Maron because I just, you know, it's just, you know, the truth is I don't have a lot of time. So I am so, so backed up with my podcasts. And it's like, do I listen to a podcast or do I take my music um, when I go for a hike or if I'm walking all of my dog, Oliver? Nice. Um, You know, so it's, I I like trying different ones. Um, I, I, I listen to so many different ones. They're very eclectic. That's um, list, yeah, because I mean, I have a lot of varied interests. So it's it might be one on cinema, or it may be one on voiceover. It may be one on um, cars. So it just you know I'm kind of wow. all over the place. That's really cool. Have you heard? You must remember this, the Hollywood yes. storytelling. Man, of course. I, that is like one of my current obsessions. Every week that uh, Katrina and I forget her last name. Wonderful storyteller. My God. That's that's a great one. That's a great one. Well, so what are, what are some of the favorites that you listen to? Because I should write them down. Well, you know that one, Mark Maron. I'm a big fan of. Um, I you know Robert Worrell is uh, doing oh. a really decent interview show lately. Okay, and, and it's weird because it's. Um, it's backed by CBS Radio, so they do stop every ten or fifteen minutes and just like promote their podcast network. Uh-huh. So that's kind of weird, and it, you know I, I I like the free form of you know Maron. Um, if Chris Hardwick has a good uh, guest, I'm interested. Marin is the same way. I'm kind of choosy on on who their guests are. I think they yeah, you know, same with me. Same you know. with me. So, but um, yeah, like um, I, I no, I love I love kind of in depth uh, interviews about film and uh, comedy. Uh, certainly, uh, good uh, comic book uh, interviews as well. I'm always I'm always happy to hear some of, some of the good ones. Um, I'm trying. But see, that's the great thing about you know today is that if you if you have a passion about something, chances are um, you you can link up with people with similar passions, no whether question. it's comic books or comedy, um, anything you know, cooking, entertainment yeah, yeah. news, any of it. I mean, it's just it's um, it's pretty genius. Which is actually one of the things I love about Twitter. Believe it or not, I it feels so communal to me. Agreed. Um, and I didn't expect that. And in fact, people were so um, surprised that I was on and that I, I like it so much. And and people were just like really struck by the fact like, well, there's so much negativity. I have, I mean, I, maybe I should knock on wood here, but I just have not come across a lot of that, um, you know, negativity. It's been so supportive. And, 
just I, I feel very, very supported by the community on Twitter. That's I just excellent. do. I'm really glad to hear that. And, well, you know, again, I think uh, the core of actors that were part of that Justice League animated series – I think we all really loved you guys. They still do, for real. I mean, no, because you no, it's you really all fit. It, no, it, it, you know, that's so sweet because I think that's so true that that, that just lingers for people. And, um, you know, I hear it all the time, and it will never get old. It, it isn't old now. It doesn't ever get old hearing that, that people grew up with us. And for a, a generation of people... They hear our voices when when they read the comics or when they see the characters because we I don't know that we really really understood all that until we started going to the cons and starting to be on social media because otherwise you're just at Warner Brothers recording and then it goes out into the universe and you don't really know um, the impact you're having. Um, I can appreciate and, that. Sure. So it's been a gift to find out, <laughs> frankly, um, because, you know, that's it just it's wonderful to put something out there and then hear back what people think about it. Do you ever go to a store, comic book store signings or? You know or, what? I, I need to start doing that. A friend of mine, Erica Schultz, who's a writer, she is always telling me, God, you have to go and start doing you have to do signings at the stores. And it's just um, I've never done them. So I need to. I need to start doing it, and I will. Have you have you ever started reading any uh, comics, or you know, not, not only Wonder Woman, but really any graphic novels? You know what? I've I've read a, a couple of graphic novels because I've been told by a few people, "Look, you should definitely read this one." But you know, the truth is that, and I'm you know, I've been really open about this. Comic books and things like that were never my thing growing up. That's fair, and so it's been like a cultivated taste. Um, with all these incarnations of Wonder Woman, um, whether in the comics or now, you know, the film, um, is, you know, ex- getting exposed to all of that. Because I didn't grow up with, like, I have three sisters. None of them were into comic books, so I didn't, like, get that education early. Sure. So I've, I've, I've started the education really late, but that's another thing that Twitter's been so helpful with, is that, like, oh, okay, I can see what this person's reading and that person's reading, and I can, um, you know, look it up, and I can, I can read something. I can see what they're talking about in terms of the pictures. So um, it's a learning curve for sure. That's excellent. You know, honestly, some of the best times I have is bringing an adult into a comic book store that never read comics. And it's great to show them the level and sophistication of art and storytelling that are happening now. Because a lot of them just think of the Sunday funnies that they grew up with with newspapers, or oh, maybe maybe Archie, maybe Richie Rich, or some of the kid comics. Right, that, and I did, and I did read all that. Like I did, okay. I was definitely an Archie person, Fun. and 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 Richie Rich. I definitely, definitely, you know, um, paid attention to those <laughs> guys, and you know, and but like just seeing what the the artists do now or the writers are doing now, it's um, you can't help but have just so much respect for the quality of work that's being put out and how hard it is. I think I'm struck also by how hard it is for them to make a living doing it. Yeah. It's so competitive. And I mean, most voiceover is very competitive also. Um, But it just seems when you go to the cons and you see people in artist alley and they're just, you know, drawing there, they're just down there drawing, trying to make a living. And it's, um, it's really humbling to, 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 to see that and sure. to, you know, meet these people. Beyond San Diego, uh, what other cons have you gone to? 
Um, I have done Emerald City. Great. Um, WonderCon here in Los Angeles. Sure. Um, New York Comic Con was probably the highlight so far because we did the Justice League reunion there. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we got everyone <laughs> together. Um, with the exception of Michael Rosenbaum, Flash, who who had a prior engagement that he could not get out of, um, but we had the six of us there, and we had a ball. I mean that that's you know that was legendary for so many reasons, and that's probably my favorite so far. But I'm hoping I'm going to Denver in June. Fantastic. Yeah, for the first time, so that'll be that'll be fun. And you know, I'm always open to going to different ones. I mean, it, it's a treat if you're an actor to be asked to do it. Um, I don't go all that much because, you know, I have a puppy and I hate leaving him. But, (laughs) you know, if it's if it's a place that's exciting to me and and, um, it's a nice invitation, then, you know, I'm most likely I'll say, sure, that that sounds lovely. Let let me let me um, work that out. Well, I'm hoping to meet you face to face in San Diego, or if you ever come to Chicago or some of the other. Uh, I would cities. love to. I would love Chicago's on a short list of mine. I would love to do Chicago. Fantastic. Um, you know, I'm working on it, on it as we speak, actually. And well, that's not true. Not as we speak. I'm not not really doing that. But you know, <laughs> I am working on it. But um, in San Diego, hopefully, I will be there this summer. But oh, great! Yeah, hopefully, I will be. But I'll keep you posted. Yeah, please do. No, that would be terrific. I'm definitely going to to San Diego. Um, well, let's let's talk about your your beginnings and stuff. You say you were you were born in the New England area. I was Providence, uh, Rhode Island. Sure. And um, I actually really young. I grew grew up. My dad had a business in um, Rhode Island, and he used to advertise at this weekly radio show um, for the for his business. And it was a department store, and he would go into the radio show, and they would talk about local politics, national politics, and I would go with him and read the advertisements That's for fantastic. his business. How old were you when you were doing this? Really young. Um, I mean, definitely high school. Okay. So that was my first exposure to voiceover. And, I, you know, little did I know that it would turn into my career, but I loved the intimacy of the station and just like a few people, my dad and the host, Larry Poitras, and a few other people locally, just in the room talking. Yep. Um, And, you know, just no bells and whistles, just conversation. And that has stayed with me, as we talked about earlier, that has always stayed with me, that appreciation um, for it. That's terrific. No, I'm not surprised. And one of the reasons why I've stayed in Chicago, I just kind of made it my career and uh, you know, it's I, I did a lot of sports talk uh, before getting into uh, my 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 current interviews that I do, and I really my my day job is also commercials. I, I do commercials for a classic rock station. Oh, see, that's great. Yeah, it's fun. That's great. That's all right. So, what got you? Uh, so, as you like, what was was the what was the first career path, if not voice acting? It was acting. Okay, sure. So it it was always going to be show business in some capacity because I was so enamored. Growing up, I always, always loved old movies and and show business and Johnny Carson and staying up late to watch Frank Sinatra on something. And, you know, just that was just always a part of my life. And, you know, my first concert was Stephen Eady. Um, Steve Steve Lawrence and Eady Gourmet. Yes, my parents took me to Massachusetts to see Stephen Eady. And so, you know, that just that was always my weakness. So I knew that it was going to be somehow 
um, there was going to be some connection to show business, and so I came out here. But it was I studied acting, and I studied cinema, okay. and um, you know I realized fairly early on that being on camera really wasn't for me, and um, it made me really nervous. And I I just there's a self consciousness that I have. And a shyness, almost. Um, I'm not a shy person by nature, but you put a camera in front of me, and I feel shy. Um, and it, you know, I'm just—I'm not one of those people who forgets the cameras there. I wish I were. Okay. I'm one of those people that cannot forget the cameras there, and and it—it it just never felt right. Whereas being in front of a microphone in a booth, pretty much always felt right. Okay. Uh, so deciding to do the acting but without the camera and sure. that for me became voiceover did you were there opportunities beyond obviously commercial work which i know new york is a huge hub for advertising um were, were there opportunities to to do audio drama there wasn't at the time and you know but i i but i was lucky enough while i was Working for people to pay my bills, I worked for a um, TV showrunner, John Romano, on a TV show called Class of 96, and John knew I was pursuing voiceover, and he would put me, he would write me a voiceover here and there so I could do it on the show. And early, early, early on, like, I just had, I was very lucky because, like, a friend of mine knew a friend who needed a narrator for a Showtime documentary, so I did that. Um, one of my good, good friends um, created the Shoah Foundation here in Los Angeles with Steven Spielberg, and they needed a narrator, so I narrated one of their their um, their films. So there was just piece there was piecemeal work all along the way, and again, I had tremendous bosses. I had another boss, a, a director who I was his assistant, and Lamont Johnson, who is. Um, just a darling man, and he knew I wanted to be an actor, and he put me in his movie um, and that I worked with him on, and it was it was wonderful. You know, it scared the living shit out of me. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> you can but say anything you want, absolutely. That's but right. it was wonderful, and um, and you know, he got me into the union because of that. Wow. You know, that that gig got me into the union, sure. and. So generosity, I mean, up the wazoo. I mean, I was just so, so, so lucky. Um, and then, you know, then at, at some point, after all the jobs, after all the the jobs that you have to take to pay your bills, sure. at some point I was able to just um, afford to live without those jobs and because I was making enough money with voiceover. That's excellent. Now, i got to ask, what was the Showtime uh, documentary you narrated? It was called A Year in the Life, and then the movie that I did was called um, Voices Within, The Lives of Trudy Chase, with Shelley Long, and it was about a um, woman, a real, there is a woman, Trudy Chase, who um, has multiple personalities. Wow. And I played a flight attendant who has a pivotal scene, may I say, um, <laughs> with Trudy um, A.K.A. Shelley Long, um, and again scared to death, scared to death. My first time on film. I knew everybody in the crew because I was the assistant to the director. It was beyond, beyond terrifying. And I had all this, all these props, you know, like trays of coffee, and uh, 
Ooh, I shudder even thinking about it now. That's awesome. I would assume Fancy Feast was a good gig. I know, being in you know the advertising world, that if you get that kind of big name account, I had a friend who did a Budweiser account, right? And, and it was you know like ten commercials, and she didn't have to waitress for two years. She made so much money off the royalties and everything. It, it's it's the holy grail. I mean, you know, for voiceover, um, you want to get that national commercial that runs for years. They don't exist quite like they used to. Okay. So it's it's the the business has changed so much, and advertising has changed. Not so much, but it's changed. So you're not going to get that commercial that will play for years like you used to. Gotcha. Um, you're you're lucky if it you know plays for more than one cycle. Sure. So it's a lot harder to get rich on that than you used. You know, you, it used to be quite easy, frankly. The other thing that's really, really changed is that there are so many celebrities doing the commercials. Absolutely, so, yeah. Talk about that because that is tough. It's hard. It really is because um, for some, with some celebrities, you you get it immediately because their voices are so recognizable, and you think, of course, they would sell such and such, but sometimes you hear a celebrity and you think, no one knows who that is. Yep. I know because it's my business to know, but it it's it's challenging. All the feature and you know the animated features, yes, they're all done by celebrities, and it's it's hard. It's hard because I mean there are a lot a lot of talented talented people in the voiceover community who only make their living doing it now. If I were a celebrity and somebody said, "Hey, would you um, do my commercials for this amount of money?" Am I going to say no? No, let the voiceover community. I mean, I don't know, right? I mean, it's we all want to work. Absolutely. But it, it's just, um, it, it is, it's something we talk about within the community, and it's challenging. But, again, it's always been hard to make a living. It's always been competitive. L.A. is a huge market. We don't have the advertising like you do in New York and Chicago, but we do have the animation and, and yes. so many other things. Um, so you just, you know, you just keep going. And despite the fact that it's, it's gotten harder, I mean, every industry changes sure. so, and evolves. So you have to just be able to adapt to that. Absolutely. I wonder, too, I wanted to ask at, at some point, I'll ask now, um, given what hap- what's happening with podcasting and stuff, and you do have such a great natural voice, and I could hear it and I could think, oh, as I was telling you about, you must remember this, the Hollywood uh, mm-hmm. podcast that I like. Would right. you ever, is, is there ever an interest? I would imagine that your your time is filled with, you know, your the, the jobs you need to do. But do you ever have an interest of maybe trying to come up with some angle where you can use your talents and kind of create your own thing? Um, I don't, I don't know that I'd want to do it on a regular basis. I love going on podcasts. Um, I, I, you know, I just did one classic movies. Um, I just did their podcast. What'd you um, talk about? We talked, we, well, actually it was really great because we had, we, we discussed what movies we were going to do before we did them. So we did Snow White um, we did Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Excellent. And we did, um, oh my, oh, oh, um, Double Indemnity. Fantastic. And it was, wow. it was great. My, my friend Lara Scott and James Mall, my friends, um, they host the podcast and they did a great job and they invited me on and we had a, we had such a good time. So, I mean, when I get that, when somebody says, would you like to do our podcast, we're featuring blah, 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 most times I will say yes. Cool. Um, but I don't think I'd want to 
host one. Okay. Or like even, you know, come up with an original drama or something like that. Or That you know. would be different. That, okay. would, that, could, be, that could be intriguing. Because that's the thing. I mean, I really feel like um, in the case of uh, You Must Remember This, mm-hmm. it really is this narrator just telling, you know, a Hollywood story that, you know, maybe some people have heard a million times. Obviously fresh to a younger audience. And, you know, she does the research and has that mood music and is really able to kind of, you know, make this great audio experience. And I really, you know, I, I you know, I'll listen to Lee Schreiber, you know, do some of the sports documentaries that he narrates. I know. And, and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're in the biz, you know. So that's that's the thing. I think there are so many opportunities beyond a panel discussion, a one on one interview with audio. And I mean, believe me, even I consider these same possibilities uh, but of course, the day to day job, the nine to five, is the thing that you know. I don't call them golden handcuffs because they don't pay. It doesn't pay that well. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, I don't know aluminum handcuffs. I guess. Right. Or okay. Fair enough. You know, nice to have benefits. Nice to have you know security with insurance and stuff. Imperative. You know. Imperative. Yeah. I mean, not even nice. It's just imperative to have them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me then, um, what led to animation? Auditions. Okay. You know, I mean, it's it's so funny because people will say, well, what made you decide to take the role of Diana, yeah. of Wonder Woman? And it's like, <laughs> I have to laugh because, like, I, we don't get to decide anything. Um, at, at, you know, you have to be a celebrity to to choose. I mean, at this level where I am, you're auditioning and you're, just, you're, you're hoping beyond hope that you get a job and that something about your voice and your take on the character stands out. And, um, you know, I'm not somebody who does a thousand voices, you know, like there are many people out here who do, and they're, you know, ex- extraordinarily gifted. And I, I have a niche and I have done very well by that niche. Um, and I like to push myself out of it sometimes, but we just audition all the time for different things. And Wonder Woman was something I auditioned for and was lucky enough to get called in for a callback uh, with Bruce Tim and Andrea Romano and was, luck- you know, was beyond lucky to, to get the job. It's been a while since I've had Andrea on the show. Um, we, did a, we did a New York uh, stand-up when they were uh, honoring the Brave and Bold cartoon oh, at, yeah. the, at the Paley Center. Right. Um, but then uh, I did talk to her earlier and really got into uh, her background in, in theater and, mm-hmm. and how she was able to pull from was it is it LA Theater Works is it the same company that does LA Theater Works I forget what what company her husband does I don't know okay. I, I don't know I, well, I can't I can't answer that well tell me about working though with Andrea and Bruce uh, you know because uh, Andrea really my God what a what a great director and and you know from Scoopy Doo to the Boondocks to Justice she's legendary yeah. she's legendary and you know that that word gets thrown around a lot but she truly is and. You know, I don't. I've never worked with a better director. Um, she just is. She's great in the room. She just creates a an environment that is playful, but but professional. Um, and she makes you feel comfortable. And she allows you to try different things. She'll never make you feel foolish for trying something, even if it doesn't work. Um, she she's just so good and. She was really like my touchstone in the beginning because when I got the part, I had done animation before. I had done guest star roles on maybe four or five shows at that point. Okay. But nothing where I was a lead and certainly nothing like Wonder Woman where it was um, 
as iconic a character as you could voice. And I was really nervous um, that first season. You can hear it in my voice. I mean, I just, um, you know, it was, I was quite, I was green, and also I was scared most of the time. Yeah, I was really scared. And, you know, it's, it's daunting walking into a room and you want to be good. And, you, you know, I think the best actors aren't afraid of making fools of themselves. You know, they just will lay it, put it out all out there. And sure. some things will work and some things won't. But again, you have to have a lack of self-consciousness. And that's been truly, that's been like the biggest challenge for me is just, just letting it go. And um, feeling out the character and just trusting that you'll come up with something. Um, so she really helped me when people say, well, how did you find the character? Well, I didn't have to find the character by myself. Andrea was there. Um, and Bruce was there. Bruce had drawn her Mm -hmm. for the justice league. So I knew what she looked like and we did the voice before it was animated. So it, it was just, and then you're with the ensemble. You're with, Batman, you're with Kevin Conroy, and you're with um, George Newbern, and Phil Lamar, and Carl Lumley, and, and Maria Canals Barrera. Um, who am I forgetting? Michael, you know, people, Michael, of course. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. So you're with these people, not to mention all the guest stars that are in and out every week. Um, and again, <laughs> it can be very nerve-wracking, especially since I was one of the few people that didn't do on-camera. Um, didn't have, like, you know, I mean, Phil had done Pulp Fiction. He had done all these, he, you know, he had these incredible credits. Absolutely. As did, you know, a lot of people. I Lumley, mean, certainly. Carl Lumley and, on Alias right. and, and The Mantis and some of his other shows. Absolutely. Right, of course. And George, who'd done, like, you know, Father of the Bride. I was a huge fan of George's before I met him. I'm still a fan of his. That's right. And, and so, like, you know, it was intimidating for me. And I, I would literally drive to the studio to Warner Brothers, and I, you know, I would just, I could not believe my good fortune. I mean, it was, I, I can't overstate how... Um, how thrilled and excited and scared I was and still, you know, get to some degree. I mean, it's, it's not, obviously it can never be the same as that first year, but you know, when we did the reunion in New York, it was the first time we'd all been together since the show wrapped. Wow. And that was 2006. So it was, it was really, and Andrea was there also. Um, and she was directing us on the stage. We did some read-throughs of old scripts. And and by the way, if anyone wants to, you know, wants to see that the show, um, they can go onto my website because I have it on my web a link oh, on my website. Um, and you know, we all felt so giddy just being there. We we were all so. I mean, the audience was so touched and and moved by you know us, but we were so moved by it, by putting on those, being those characters again, getting to do that again as a group. Um, you know, we're, we're fans also. So it was, it was really an amazing time. It also, and I wonder if you can talk about the difference, because it just seems to me being older, remembering the way cartoons were when I was growing up, and even just a few years before Bruce and Andrea and and really what Warner Brothers did with animation, because I really felt like they elevated the product and we got more natural acting, whether it was the writing, the directing, the fact that uh, you were in a cast of of actors that were doing live action. But we went from that 
hey, Jimmy, come over to the well, to real conversation and real characterization. And I wonder if you saw the difference as you were a guest star on earlier projects, like what what you might attest it to. You know, it was more about what I grew up listening to, um, you know, whether it was Scooby-Doo, you know, I mean, so it, you you lose some of the zaniness on our show. It's, it's sure. It was never supposed to be, quote-unquote, cartoony. Yeah. Um, it, and, and that, we knew that because that was something that we were told over and over, like, keep it real, um, keep it grounded. So there weren't these. You know, over the top. I mean, some of them obviously were over the top because it's well, it was you know at the end of the day it is it's an action cartoon. Sure. Um, but there was always something grounded in the real, and Andrea was really, really um, strident, but in a good way about that. And Great. we had you know we had an ex- exceptional writing team too. Absolutely. I mean, you Go look on. at the the people who wrote for the show from Dwayne McDuffie, Dan. Re- I mean, really. Talented, talented people who, you know, are so esteemed in the industry. And, um, you know, they, this wasn't their first rodeo. They, yep. they were, they knew what they were doing. And they, they, it was like one of those gifts that you get when people talk about a TV show where everything just worked. You know, the acting is one piece of it. Um, but the direct, the directors on the show, the music on the show, the theme music. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Like, still get chills. Still get chills if I hear that theme music. Sure. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, crazy. <laughs> I'm so in love with that theme. I don't blame and you. So, I mean, it's, it's, it was like everybody. <laughs> everybody contributed. I mean, it, it takes a village, my friend. I'm with you. That's excellent. And, again, I, I point to times that I would, like, uh, have friends who used to watch cartoons or read comics and I'd be like, you've got to watch this Justice League show. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, seriously. They'd get into it. And a lot of times it was guys. And then the wife would come in or the girlfriend and go, really, a cartoon? And it's like, seriously, just like watch it for five minutes. And they would be like, oh, my God, they are really acting. And it's like, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, it was a very adult. We had a very adult audience. And what's so cool is that people who um, were younger when they when they watch the show will show it to their kids. Absolutely. And um, there's just like a whole, you know, and obviously with Netflix and things like that, there's an opportunity to see the show again, which, you know, for any actor or anybody, in, you know, who worked on something and then it's gone, when it has another life, you're just, it's, um, it's, it's so rewarding to know that it lives on. Yeah, and that is a new thing because, and, I, and I've talked to other people in animation how they will make a show and they'll make... 26 episodes if they're lucky or even, you know, 48 or whatever. Right. And, and, you know, they run the cycle. And for so many years, it was like, all right, we're moving on to the next project. The next group of Y7 uh, viewers are going to want something different. And I know, too, that uh, I remember reading, at least in the trades, that there really was this kind of conflict where, well, you know, the show does okay with Y7s, but it's this this adult audience. And frankly... Cartoon Network wanted the Y7s, and I don't know if they knew initially what to do with this adult audience that was enjoying your show at the same time. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot, and um, I, I don't know that they – you know, we were lucky because our show ran for five years. Absolutely. And, and that's so unusual for a cartoon, and it was only because, you know, we Bruce also had the opportunity to 
um, expand the universe with Unlimited, with yes. Justice League Unlimited, and that gave him the opportunity to, you know, write all these other characters, which he was really excited about, and not just for the seven of us. I mean, the seven of us, meanwhile, were like, hey, what about us? Um, <laughs> like, who's this Green Arrow guy? You know, <laughs> screw him. Um, I can only say that because Green Arrow happens to be a dear friend of mine. Ken Schreiner played, voiced Green Arrow, and he's Fantastic. one of my closest friends. That's awesome. But, it, you know, it's like... it. it he I, he said in so many interviews how much he loved doing that and having that opportunity. So we were really lucky because it kept going sure. through Justice League Unlimited. And that was, you know, it was a great long run. Um, and now it keeps running. So it's um, it's even better. You know, DVDs, things like that. It's, sure. It's dynamite. Well, and also I really think that because of the sophistication of your productions, uh, that's why we're getting such great full-length animated features now. And again, I remember those early days when DC Animation would be at a convention and be like, the the fans would be like, we want more adult stuff. When are we going to get Under the Red Hood? When are we going to get Killing Joke? Some of these other classic stories that that are really, you know, PG-13 and and certainly with Killing Joke coming up, R-rated material. And and they're like, well, you know, we got to make sure that the money is there and that people are going to be willing to buy it. And honestly, I really do think you guys had that foundation. And and luckily, you know, uh, the powers that be were listened to the fans. And now we're really getting this stuff. And truly, I really think it's your guys' work that made it happen. Yeah, I mean, I that's the you know I can't I can't even acknowledge that fully yeah, because, just, because just do a, the, just that, do a that was the writing and that, you know the voiceover is such a that's a piece of it, but it's a small piece of it. It's uh, if if the stories are there, that's the writing and the direction and all the other things that they that made that show. You know, extra- sure. I mean, I think we as a voice cast had chemistry. I really do, and I think that. Being in New York, like I said, it, we got to revisit that chemistry, and it was as genuine as the first day we all met each other. Um, but when you talk about the sophistication of the stories, you know, I, I only I only said what was written for Wonder Woman. It's not yeah, like you, carried, was, you know, it's not like those were the things that were actually in my head. Yeah, but um, you, car- you carried the water. I mean, that's the thing. Well, no, I understand you had great material, but you delivered. Well, thank you. Absolutely, no, you, you. All, you all did, and truly, and I say the same thing to the writers. And had the uh, had the opportunity to talk to Dwayne a couple times before he passed. And right, what a, what a what a really smart guy, including yeah. and including uh, James Tucker today, who's kind of taken over for Bruce Tim. And yeah, he has. And uh, my buddy Heath Corson. Oh, Heath Corson. Heath. Heath. Oh, what a sweetie. Absolutely. He um he interviewed me at um, San Diego Comic Con last year oh, on the great. DC stage. It was the first time they had ever done that, where they had a voice actor come and be interviewed at, on the DC stage. Um, you know, and it was so much. And Heath was my host. He was oh, my. That's great. He he was my MC. It was fantastic. I we just had a lovely time together. I probably just missed you because I did see him do a couple, and uh, I was running around trying to get my interviews and, and doing a couple panels myself. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed that. But well, uh, not, now you won't because now we, indeed. you know, now we know each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Wink, wink. No question. No, it'd be my pleasure. The uh, no, it's honestly uh, just great times. And I mean, you got to do was was Justice League Doom. Is that the last uh, film that you've done with uh, any of the old timers, or you know, the old timers? Nice. Um. <laughs> so, Doom. Yes, because there was Apocalypse, but Doom was after Apocalypse. Um, That's right. Okay. And Apo- yeah, because was Apocalypse the Supergirl? 
Yes. Story? Okay. Yes. Very cool. And then, um, and then there's been Injustice, the video game. Yes, tell me about that, because... I'm I'm not a gamer, but I have watched on YouTube the uh, the story. Well, I mean, that's just you know people getting to play as her. It's just it you know that was such a blast for you know um, to be a part of that, and it was you know Kevin got to be a part of it and George. So again, we didn't work together on the game, which you know you don't get to when you do video games. You're typically alone, sure, and you're recording. So. Um, and another project that we that Kevin and George and I did was uh, we we work on the DCU online game. Oh, that's great! Sure, the MMO. Yes. Now it, we're in different stories. So, if you have any sway, maybe you could get DC to do a story with all of us. But we all have individual stories as it is. But we're all three employed by them, and I'm actually I have one more in a trilogy. I've done two, and I have a trilogy with Wonder Woman called Amazon Fury, which is you know that's. And great, you know, just great writing, just great quality. Um, so, you know, that's that's a joy. So, you know, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. There's, um, you know, there's always there's always Wonder Woman on the horizon. So it's it's you know it's phenomenal. That's great, and I'm glad they come to you still. I mean, I know Carrie Russell did the 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 full length uh, feature. She did. Um, you know, and that, and she did good. It was all right, you know. Well, and, and the truth is that, you know, it's funny because, like, again, people will say, well, why didn't you do the Wonder Woman feature? And it's just like, um, hmm, because I was busy. No, because I, I wasn't asked. You know, sure, you, you have sure. to be asked. And it's very, very hard um, not to feel possessive I bet. of the character. I bet. And, yeah, it's really, it's, it's you know, like with, with, with Gal doing it in the live action, that's different because it's not like Gal and I were up for the same part and, oh, darn it, Gal got it. You know, it's, it's like she, she's, a, she's a different entity altogether sure. in, in that and, and a different incarnation of Wonder Woman, as was Linda Carter, you know, Absolutely. before me. So um, that, that doesn't feel at all um, competitive, if you will. It's the voice acting that's that's always challenging when somebody else does it. But again, you just have to you have to remind yourself that um, you've been given this and it's not yours. And for as long as you're asked to do it, you enjoy it and you're grateful for it. And you know, and then you just move on. And it, because any other way, you'll just make yourself insane. Have you had a chance to meet Gal or Linda Carter? I've met Linda Carter. I've not met Gal. Um, okay. I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping that they'll do something for her 75th birthday um, that involves all of us on the same stage. It is, is it this year? Is this year yeah. the 75th? Okay, it is the 75th year. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was 40 or 41. Yeah, no, it's 75. So yeah. I'm really, really, 41. Yeah, 1941. Okay. So I'm really hoping they um, they do something. But again... You know, as an actor, you have very little. As an actor who's also not a celebrity, you have very little sway. With I this hear you. Stuff. Yeah, I understand. It, tell me about meeting uh, Linda Carter. What was that like? Well, you know, I mean, I went to see her act. She she's a singer sure. and a performer, and so she had a she has a nightclub act that she performed here in Los Angeles. And a very good friend of mine, Susan Leonard, who, who's a massive, massive Wonder Woman, but you know, Linda Carter fan okay. um, and has seen her perform many times said, you know, I'm going to be in town for this. Do you want to join me? And I'm like, of course. 
and I went to see her in concert, and I got to meet her after the show. And um, she's just, you know, she's absolutely lovely. You That's know, she's excellent. she's a she's just a beautiful woman, oh, and yeah. I, you know, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. she's yeah, she's she's magnificent. She's just magnificent. So, um, you know, hopefully, I'll get to meet Gal somewhere down the line, but. Um, you, you never know. You I never know. I what you know. I I gotta ask what you what you think of the movie. You know, <laughs> I thought she was tremendous. I agree with you. I thought she was tremendous, and I, I'm you know like when you see the pictures of her dressed as Wonder Woman in her now her feature film, mm-hmm. um, you know it really. I just think she's. I I, I think it's going to be really wonderful. Part of the fun. I think so too. I think that was. The best part of the movie was really how they presented her. Uh, the the little hints. It's interesting that they're going and making her origin tied to World War One as opposed it to is, World yep. War Two. I know it is, and 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 I also think it was so smart. You know, people were really outraged that she wasn't a bigger part of the movie, but I think it was to, to her to her benefit that she wasn't because it left people wanting more. And rather than feeling like, oh, okay, now we know what it is. There's that, wow, that was great. When are we going to get more of that? And also in the hands of Patty Jarris as opposed to Zack Snyder. I, that, this is my comment, and I will say. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and you're certainly not alone. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been, um, from what I understand from so many people, they're not huge Zack fans. And people have a lot of respect and admiration for Patty. So I think it's, I think, you know, I think it's going to kick ass. I really do. I hope so, and I think so, too. I, I really think that, um, yeah, I, I just have a good feeling. And, and, again, what we got seems to indicate that we will get only better things and hopefully from a full uh, feature. Um, I, uh, I, I was wondering, too, you know, you mentioned that with the table reads you guys did in, in uh, New York, um, are there particular episodes that you did that you remember that were, uh, like, favorite episodes? Well, we did, um, we did the first episode and we did the last episode of the series. Wow. Yeah, and we also, because I am a crazy um, Wonder Woman Batman fan, um, we did this little piggy. We did that yes. scene with Kevin and I on the, um, on the roof, and I'm talking to him about <laughs> dating because I just love that scene so much, and I adore Kevin, and, um, you know, I'm... It's one of my favorites, and I thought, oh yeah, um, for all the people out there who love them together and enjoy that flirtation that they they've shared, um, I'm gonna, including me, sure. I'm gonna do it. So we did it, and it was just, you know. And then we, um, um, the moderator for the panel, uh, Sean Lynch, who's a, a personal buddy of mine, um, he and he wrote a an original script, and we we performed that as well. Um, oh wow. Yeah, so it was just it was it, it just couldn't have been it couldn't have been more enjoyable to like reli- you know go back and and rework those scripts and also with Andrea sitting right there directing us. That's great. You know, just I- like we would have done it in the room, like her reading the action and her introducing the characters, and it it, it was it gave us chills. I honestly, uh, both in the comics and the animated series. I really thought the the Wonder Woman Batman relationship was a lot of fun, and it you know they they've played with Wonder Woman and Superman uh, recently right. in the comics, right. but right. you know it just too. yeah, but it it just seemed cool that you know uh, this human being in Bruce Wayne 
could attract an Amazon and, and that they would find this common ground. It's one thing when gods kind of find each other. But I, I always thought, you know, again, that was cool of Batman and Wonder Woman. And, and really, uh, this little piggy was great. I, I just happened to watch before we were talking those that closing moment after uh, Wonder um, Woman is restored again. When he's singing. Yeah, and, but also when you hum at the end. And then, oh, my God. You know, that and was... I, I, and I have to tell you, that's one of my favorite my favorite clips of all time is just the two of us walking in the watchtower, and um, and he doesn't know that I know that he knows. Exactly. And um, <laughs> it's so delicious. It's such a delicious scene between the two of us. And um, Kevin will take any opportunity now, whenever I do public appearances with him, to sing that song. And he brings <laughs> down the house. I mean, it is... So phenomenal! He he did it in New York. He just recently did it at WonderCon, and he'll start singing "Am I Blue," and the <laughs> audience goes crazy, and he goes crazy, and it just you can't help but just break into the biggest smile um, once he starts singing. I'm it's not just infectious. I'm doing. I'm smiling now. No, that was great, and it really was just because he. I don't know how he does it. He still manages to have that Batman demeanor, and yet he's singing "Am I Blue," and it's like. Like, God, the first time I saw it, it really, uh, my brain exploded. It was just like, this is incredible. It's incredible and, um, and so much fun. And, and the, the fact that the writers, um, I think Paul Dini wrote that episode. And I, the fact that the writers really wrote that romance part yes. to it, um, that was such a kick for me to play because I got to be flirty. And, again, <laughs> I, I've always said I... I like that it doesn't go beyond that. Like, I don't sure. see them as some, you know, getting married and having children. I like that it stayed flirty with the occasional kiss on the cheek and yep. um, and the dance that never gets finished. And all of that, you know, it, it, again, it leaves you wanting more um, as opposed to, like, enough already with these two. Like, when are they going to stop making out? Um, you <laughs> Get know, a room, you two. Right, exactly. Get a room. <laughs> Batman and Wonder Woman. Get a Batman Diana cave. and Bruce. Get a Batcave. Right. <laughs> or at least a car. Yes. Something. Something. Just get out of here. <laughs> no, and again, I agree. Great writing, lots of fun, wonderful music, but you guys delivered. I mean, that's the thing. It could have come off hokey if yeah. you guys weren't up to the task and you were. Well, we you know, I, I, I like I said, I adore Kevin and um I think that comes through. I mean, I, I adore the character of Batman and Bruce and I adore Kevin and um you know, I think you hear that. I hope you do. Anyway, when when I record, you know, with him, or even not with him, because a lot of times Kevin was in New York, um, and it would be a, you know, he he'd have to record separately. Okay. Yeah, I wondered about that because beyond the table read, how often were you able to record with other cast members? Primarily, we we recorded together. Oh, that's um, great. Kevin, being a New Yorker, wasn't here for a lot of it. Um, he'd record separately with Andrea, or once in a while he'd be like phoned in so we could hear him sure. um, during the sessions. But most of the time, there'd be like you know sixteen people in a room, wow, um, standing around because it would be the ensemble and then it would be the the guest stars for that week. And you know these were big big names. I mean, everybody did the show. When you look at the um, IMDb, when you look at the list of, of actors that that came to visit us um, and came to, and some people came many many times. Jennifer Hale did several shows, and I think Gray Delisle did a, a several. Show. You know, there there were a lot of people who would um, come back and do other characters, or we would 
the character would recur. Olivia Dabo um, was on many times. So, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, was, it was a great room. It really was. How long did it take to record a 20-minute uh, story? You know, they would have us, typically you would, they would have us for four hours. Okay. And, and you would do the read-through, and then you would record it. So, and then they would go through it, listen to it, and get any pickups that they needed. Sure. Um, and then you were done. Rarely did it go four hours. Rarely. Once okay. in a while. So I'd say a, a, like two and a half hours, maybe. Wow. Okay. You know, maybe three, if you had a lot to do. And then you would come back um, after that initial one. You'd come back, you know, months and months and months later, and you would do your additional dialogue recording, your oohs and your ahs and your ooh and all of that stuff. Um <laughs> And then you'd have a picture, which you could see it animated and see what the geniuses who animated it, what they did. And, um, you know, so that that was a whole other experience. Uh, Go ahead, please. And you probably, you know, you'd be with a few other people for those, too. Okay. I... I no, you finish your thought, please. I, no, uh, we'd get to do, we'd get to record the ADR sessions together, also, which you know you get to you know you know punch air and kick air and <laughs> grunt and I mean Dwayne would put me through such rigorous sessions with all the stuff that he'd have Wonder Woman struggling with. Well, again, I was going through YouTube and and saw some Wonder Woman fight scene compilations, and I and I've heard you grunting. So yes, I. I understand. Yeah, I mean, making that real. Yeah. Again, Andrea was so pivotal with that, too, because, I mean, she would always give you huge clues, if not the actual sound. I mean, she's an actress, so she she would do it for you. And then you would just mimic her so often because she just nailed that stuff. That's good. But, you know, you have to allow yourself to sound silly. You just have to. You have to be comfortable with that. And in the beginning, it's a, the first year, was it was like a learning curve. And then now it's like, woo! You know, <laughs> like, I love it. Did you have times, and I wonder too about the games, because we talk about, you know, the flirtation with Batman yeah. that, that, you, that they allowed you to do. Were there enough times where you really were able to have a warrior's moment and really kind of those kind of idiosyncratic moments of Wonder Woman's that only, you know, could be a Wonder Woman character moment. And, you know, was, is, did it happen enough in the series or, a, a, you know, a few times that you remember, or also is it happening in these games now? You know, what's so great about that character. And I can remember um, at the callback being told by Andrea that you always have to remember that this is a princess and a warrior. And, so keep those two things always in mind. And whenever I would lose one um, in favor of the other or just lose, lose both because I was tired or whatever, um, she would always bring it back to me. She would always bring back the notion of the strength of the character. And so if I would ra- you know, get a little high in my register for Wonder Woman, she'd always say, you know, don't lose the Wonder Woman, don't lose the Amazon, okay. um, don't lose the warrior. So, you know, there were... I would see. I loved the quiet stuff. I loved it. I loved the kicking ass stuff, but I loved the intimate scenes too, as I've talked about in some other interviews, like the like the walk through the watchtower, or the conversations with Jean about being outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I loved the. You know, I loved all that stuff. And then you got to, you know, go up against Grodd or you know, sure. Whoever the, um, you know the the enemy was that week, and so you really got to play both of it. I mean, you, you know, it was it was a great part in that regard. 
That's cool. a great part in every regard, but in that specific regard, you know, you got to play that those aspects to her in Maid of Honor. I got to be like the older, um, you know, like the aunt to um, you know to the to the younger character and kind of help her and and um, um, coach her sure. and then also protect her and be fierce as well. So I mean, it, I, I was very lucky. Very. I, I hope eventually. They'll make an animated movie of, uh, I don't know if you know this story, Kingdom Come? I do know it. Okay, yep. cause, because there's another example of, like, that I don't remember that much happening in the series. And I don't know if it happened in Injustice or some of the other games. As you say, the the, uh, the other games, you don't have a lot of interaction with Batman or Superman. But I really do love those Wonder Woman moments where she disagrees with them and is very strong about it and doesn't, yes. does you know, certainly in Kingdom Come that happens. Yes, and that's you know, right. She gets really tough with, uh, with Clark and she gets really tough with Bruce. Absolutely. And, and um, yeah, so did you, did you have any of those kind of moments as well? Um, yeah, there was some, you know, there were definitely points where we would disagree. I mean, I certainly came up against, um, you know, I can remember, you know, I think it was Bruce saying, you know, Diana, you know, just because I was like, you know, really in a bad way in one of the episodes um, and I was losing my temper a lot and just, you know, basically being told stop, you know, you have to stop. I mean, you're getting out of control. Um, I'm trying to think now who it was who kind of did that. It may have been. It may have been Superman. Okay. <laughs> Listen okay. to my life. Am I like the luckiest gal alive? Was it, hmm, was it Batman or Superman? <laughs> um, so lucky. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, there were things. And, and the great thing with the DCU online game is there's a lot of Hippolyta in it. Okay. So, and that I love. I mean, unfortunately, I don't get to read with Hippolyta, but a lot of my scenes involve her. That's cool. And so I get to, I get to play the mother-daughter mother aspect of it. Sure. which. Has, you know, in the series, it was Susan Sullivan who played my mom. And oh, wow, that's great! I love Susan Sullivan. I love that's her. Fantastic. I love her. In fact, like, you know, I'm following her on Twitter, and I'm just like, oh my god, I I love her so much, and she has the greatest tweets. Um, if you need to be inspired, follow Susan Sullivan Good on to Twitter. Know. She's amazing. That's great. That's really cool. Yeah, and exactly defying your mother. This is like you know, and for guys, it's Thor and Odin. In the, uh, you know, in the in the Marvel movies and stuff. Right, so of course. I'm sorry, what movies? Yeah, I know, sorry. <laughs> Never heard of them. Have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, listen, one of, my, one of my dearest friends in, 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 um, in this world, in this universe, is Dan Slott, who, who, um, who writes Spider-Man. Absolutely. So, he mentioned to me when I told him that you were going to be doing this show, he's like, oh, we're good friends. He's like, that's yeah. great. And it's so fun to have somebody in, you know, at at, at that other place. Um, I think it's Marvel, right? Marvel yeah, is that what I it's think called? So. Um, it's so fun to have somebody at Marvel, you know, that you just like. We can have our Spidey Wonder Woman moments, which is it's. I love it. Oh, we got to get. Uh, and now I'm blanking it. Who uh, he used to be an editor at, at Marvel, and now he's uh, running animation. Steve. Um, oh God, bless it. It's it's actually one of uh, Dan's old editors. Uh, oh. Yeah, see, I wish I knew, but, you know. All right, and I'm blanking. I can't believe it. He's, he's a great guy and stuff. And, you're gonna, yeah. and you know what? The audience is going to be, like, yelling at you because yeah, they know it. Just like they're going to know who was yelling at me to calm down in the episode. <laughs> Watch, it's probably Jean. It's probably Jean, of all people. That's the guy. It was, it was Carl Lumley telling me to just take it down a notch. That might, could, could very well have been. Well, I do know Jeff Loeb is in charge of Marvel Television, and he's got a hand, too, in the... Uh, 
in the animation world. We got. Yeah. I, I think we gotta we gotta get you guys together because uh, yeah, there's some Marvel Universe people you could play. You could. Hey, man, the, the writers and the artists they go across the street all the time. No, and I would. I, I've actually done a, a couple. I did. Um, uh, Superhero Squad, where I yes. played like this kind of demonic um, Wonder Woman character. I noticed that in your credits. Absolutely, I'm glad you brought it up. That's, yeah, that was that's fun. fun. It was fun because she's so demonic, and it's <laughs> like it was fun to play. Like you know, um, that was just a you know that was a hoot. Um, but no, I mean at the end of the day, as loyal as I am to Wonder Woman, as loyal as I am to DC, I'm also an actor who needs to make a living. Well, sure. So you know, we we're freelancers. We we need to go where the work is. Um, I would love to do it. The, I think the problem, I know this is going to sound kind of strange, and it's not. It's a good problem to have on many levels, but I think that when most people hear my voice, they associate it with Wonder Woman. And I think that restricts me. In ter- and, like, again, <laughs> I don't have a huge wheelhouse. So it's not, it's, I think that if, the, if they're going to hire me, they want some aspect of this that you're hearing right now. Um, and it, that, who knows? Maybe that gets in the way sometimes. Well, but I could see you being, you know, an, an adult Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. There and, you go. Uh, you know, or you look know. at you trying to find me work. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you're good. Oh jeez, <laughs> I'm. This is well beyond my expectations. <laughs> we'll work it out. I promise. What uh, What's coming up for you? You know, this is <laughs> so frustrating. Oh no. Because everything that's coming up for me, I can't talk about. Well, but you have projects on the way. That's good. I do. I have a really, really big project on the way that I cannot talk about. Okay. But that's going to be really big, and it's very exciting, and I can't wait to talk about it. So when you see that I'm talking about it, shoot me a um, a message and saying, hey, can you talk about it now with oh, me? Count on it. Um, because it's uh, it, it's it, it was a surprise to get the call, and um, I'm thrilled and delighted to well, be doing it. Slot and Corson will will vouch for me that no, I it was whenever I see news about them, I immediately am like, so are you coming on? I said it to Heath today when uh, Heath just out of the blue happened to contact me. And oh, so that's great. So yeah, I'm like, hey man, I'm like, you know, what's coming up? When what do we have to talk about? Slot and I talk all the time, so no, that's wonderful. And yes, you are. I, I, did you call him Slot? Yes, I did. Oh my God! Well, what you know, guys? You know, last names Eisenberg. No, he called me Eisenberg all the time. There you go. There you go. I mean, and it's so cute because it's like you know, it's like that Eisenberg. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like the comic version, right? This is true. This well, you know, you got multi-syllables, so it's even more fun. It works. It just works. No, absolutely. Well, Eisenberg, you have to come back. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of Diana. You must come back. I will, I will, I promise. This has been, like, one of the most fun interviews I've ever done. Well, you're awesome for saying that. I really appreciate it's it. It's true. Well, I mean, it's true. true. I'm not going to say, listen, would I lie to you? No, honestly. No, you've got I mean, the, really, lasso of truth was, and all. I'm not lying. I was going to say, absolutely, with the lasso of truth. And uh, I promise, should the need ever arise, to deflect some bullets with my bracelets. If the... <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. Well, there you go. And I don't wear jewelry that often, but I would for you. Oh, so you, you know what? Who's <laughs> stepping up? No, thanks a lot. This was great. And uh, yeah, man, I, well, I can't wait to hear what the what the new project is. But seriously, congratulations. I'm really glad that uh, things seem to be working great for you. And, you know, continued success, as I always like to say, for the, the people that deserve it, because you're, you're entertaining us and uh, we want more. Thank you so much. That is very sweet. And I, um, I promise I'll keep doing my best. I promise, promise, promise. As an addendum to our conversation, if you want to follow... 
uh, these new suspense uh, projects. At Blue Hours is uh, the name of the uh, production company that is making this new suspense audio drama. And John Alcidek is the director. And Susan wanted uh, me to mention that and uh, pass that information to you. And by the way, shame on me. How can I not remember Steve Wacker's name? the excellent uh, man who's uh, supervising Marvel Animation right now, and uh, former Word Balloon guest. Hope to have him on again soon. Uh, one of the most downloaded episodes of Word Balloon, I might add, uh, Steve Wacker's uh, fine conversation about his uh, work in Marvel Comics and Animation. Tremendous conversation with uh, Susan Eisenberg on today's Word Balloon. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com, where there are excellent deals going on on a lot of Wonder Woman product. For example, you can get Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman. The current issue is Volume 3, and it has writers like uh, Josh Elder, uh, Carla Speed McNeil, uh, Barbara Kiesel, also uh, Adam Beecham and Jamal Eigel. So many wonderful artists and writers. 45% off. It's just $9.89. Go back and reach for uh, Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman Volume 1 with Gail Simone, Gilbert Hernandez, Ethan Van Skyver, and so many others. 45% off. Just $8.00. And 24 cents. You can get Spider Gwen, Volume 1, Greater Power. Robbie Rodriguez on art, Jason Latour doing the writing. It was a hit sensation so great that it continues beyond uh, the Spider event in which uh, we learn that Gwen gets the powers and becomes a hero. 50% off, just $8.99. You can get Grayson, Volume 3, which I believe wraps up. Uh, no, I guess there's one more. Uh, volume 3 is Nemesis of Grayson. Uh, Tom King, Tim Seeley, uh, Mikkel uh, Janine. Uh, excellent stuff, uh, great series, and I'm sorry to see it go, but I'm also kind of glad to see Dick back as uh, Nightwing. But uh, relive uh, Grayson's spy adventures in Volume 3, Nemesis, 50% off just $8.49. One of the few really good books uh, out of uh, the New 52 as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, what what else can I say? Let's, let's keep it positive. How about all-new Wolverine? Uh, trade paperback Volume 1, Four Sisters, from Tom Taylor and uh, David Lopez, that is 50% off, just $8.99. You can also get the Guardians of the Galaxy Omnibus, Volume 1, from uh, Abnett and Lanning, and lots of other great artists, 45% off, just $55 at InStockTrades.com. Just some of the great deals happening now at InStockTrades. Check it out for yourself. You'll find excellent savings on great books at InStockTrades.com. Thanks a lot for listening to today's Word Balloon. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners, for your continued support. Uh, 11 years in the running, and uh, whether it's spreading the word about Word Balloon or actually helping me out via Patreon and uh, your subscriptions, if you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com. But thank you very much for your continued support, uh, and uh, it really does make a difference. We've got uh, convention season coming up. San Diego, I can't believe, is really just about uh, 10 weeks away. And uh, it's going to be amazing. And uh, I've got some uh, hopefully uh, great panels to present for you. And uh, also uh, just going to make some new connections and bring you some new interviews. More new interviews coming up in the month of May. And also some old favorites coming back. Uh, it's uh, kind of a holiday season. And I've got one great episode that I'm just waiting to get the okay on and I'll release to you. I swear to God, it's going to be great. But in the meantime, uh, great conversations like today's one with Susan Eisenberg. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you'll come back in a few more days because May is just going to be like April where we've got tons of episodes to get through. And uh, thank you very much. Again, it's uh, Word Balloon's anniversary month being May. And uh, thanks a lot for this uh, patronage and uh, spreading the word about Word Balloon all these many years and lots of more years to come. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2016.